Welcome to Drupal Easy Podcast number 183. My name is Mike Canello, and today I'm joined by absolutely nobody. The reason is, is because last week I attended Drupal GovCon outside of Washington, D.C. in Bethesda, Maryland, and I did uh, three interviews, which are going to comprise the bulk of this podcast. I spoke with Greg Marshall about his new Drupal 8 book. I spoke with Enzo Garcia about Drupal Camp Costa Rica and his upcoming community keynote at DrupalCon Dublin, as well as Daniel Schiavone um, about the upcoming Baltimore Drupal Camp and some insider knowledge about Baltimore DrupalCon. He was one of the community organizers who was kind of in on the secret prior to the big announcement, so we're going to talk to him about that and how that went. Before we get to the interviews, though, some quick Drupal Easy news. The next session, I believe it's the 11th session of the Drupal Career Online program, uh, starts in a couple months on September 26th. Applications are now open. This is our premier 12-week Drupal training course where we meet three half days a week, and you learn everything from developer workshop to information architecture to views and panels and how to move configuration and content and code between various development environments. Um, it's pretty much a soup-to-nuts uh, course on how to become a Drupal professional. Um, in addition, we've got a number of online and in-person workshops coming up, um, both uh, on module and theme development for Drupal 8, including one I'm particularly excited about, our Intro to Module Development Training course at DrupalCon Dublin. So check all of that out at DrupalEasy.com. Okay, so first up, we are going to be speaking with Enzo. Okay, so you've recently been uh, named as the community keynote for Drupal, uh, DrupalCon Dublin coming, right. in, coming up in September. So uh, tell us, what's the, what's the topic? Well, uh, because this year I, I have been doing a, a trip around the world, visiting communities around, uh, around different continents. Actually, I am here with you in Washington, D.C. Right. I, I say now this is the standard version of my tour. <laughs> uh, so after that, I just want to try to, you know, to share what I see and what I detect about some issues, ideas, some new concepts maybe we could apply in the community. So is it about how the different Drupal communities or how diff Drupal communities are different in different countries? Or uh, just general, I you know how people use Drupal in different countries. I think it's, it's just I, I have four topics. So the first one is like a how language barrier affect affect us as a community. Okay. It's like a, in general in Drupal community we are in the objective to try to get more and more you know get more market into the pie of web development. Mm -hmm. But we are leaving a lot of people and website outside because mostly our community is English. Driven. Even if we have Drupal models that support translation, you know the marketing and sales point is still uh, mostly available in English, and mm -hmm. uh, I I see that in the first hand 
with many communities in Asia. So this is one pillar in my, in my conversation. The second one is, is about the communication issues we have been with us. It's mean communities inside big countries or communities in, in regions, they, they usually don't use the same tools we use in Europe or in America. And this is creating a kind of fragmentation. I just want to share what the tools they do, how they, this interaction works, and what ideas I have about to try to get, uh, you know. Yeah, that might be something that not a whole lot of people realize, <laughs> you know? So just shining light on that problem could help, you know, drive a solution. Exactly. So one uh, other thing I want to tackle is to try to, how we could take advantage about the people that like to do what I do, which is travel and get, involved, uh, get in contact with people. So, because one of the main, I the main issues when you are organizing a local Drupal camp is try to find speakers, because the good ones, they are far away. But mm -hmm. what about if maybe you have something to try to notify you, hey, Michael D'Angelo, he, he has a vacation in Tunisia or something, but nobody knows, right? <laughs> so yeah. maybe, maybe he could say, hey, Mike, you are here. So, ah, oh, yeah, I will. Come on by, we'll buy you dinner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. Like, oh, I already have my book. And they could say, I read book, my fly. You say, what about if I, we pay the, you know, the penalty and you stay three more days? And then you say, eh, why not? Yeah. So this kind of stuff, maybe we could connect some local communities with the speaker, travelers, because we are living in a nomad society. We sure. we could work, especially in Drupal, whatever we want. All we need is sometimes just an iPhone right. or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I will try to summarize that and include some component about also the community because I have been participated as a candidate in the Drupal relation community and a lot of people talk with me about what they what they really expect about the Drupal Association as a community and the, their representative. It's just to try to, you know, to say, you know, who is your candidate? Who, who is your representative? What do you think if, if you talk with this guy face to face? Mm -hmm. So sometimes we need to have this conversation. So you mentioned that you've been, you know, you've been on the, the, the Enzo tour. Yeah. So other than so forget about the United States for a second, okay. because, you know, I know that you've been to a lot of places <laughs> in the U.S. and. Um, but where have you been other than what events have you been to that are outside the U.S. Uh, as part of the tour? As part of the tour. Or where are you going, maybe I should say. Uh, <laughs> well, I start well, as say, in New York, but that doesn't count. Yep. <laughs> but then I jumped directly to the DrupalCon in Mumbai in India. Oh, wow. okay. So this is my Asia first touch in the area. And from there, I just jumped for all South uh, East a little bit north in Asia is Singapore, Korea, Japan, wow. China, Taiwan, and at the end I go south, Indonesia, Australia, all, wow. all these countries are uh, different challenges as community, uh -huh. as persons. So there are too many cultures. So some, one got friend, he say, I, I was doing a, you know, like a, this buses, hop on, hop off, yeah. but between cultures. Oh. <laughs> so, so did you, how about um, Western Europe or even Eastern Europe? Did you get to? Uh, no, the, not, not in the store. Okay. Not in the stores. My big dream is to get to Drupal Camp Siberia. Really? Which is literally a camp. I mean, they recently had their their first camp. So. Yeah, this could could be challenging. I, I am dreaming actually with something, maybe a Drupal Camp in Moscow. 
So maybe it's not that far. Yeah. So this is a, a different world. Yeah. But I, I think we need to be part of that. Maybe I am a little biased because obviously Spanish is my mother tongue and I face these problems in the first hand. Sure, right? absolutely. So, <laughs> but you face it, but you, you recognize it as an issue and you're willing to kind of put yourself out there and say, okay, this is a problem, and, but I'm willing to you know, start being part of the solution. Exactly. So, because curious right. is, is easy, right? So, I, I detect some issues, but I think we could take advantage. And, and if we pay attention to that, I think we could create to grow up more as a community. Because right. think about it. When, when someone is selling about Drupal, they say, oh, our, our penetration in Drupal is 3% or something, right? So our goal is get 10% in 20 years, something like that, right? But if we promote to, to get more Chinese websites in the next five years and we get 5% of the Chinese market, and then our, our global 2% maybe could become our global 6%. And, yeah. and when these people will see this number, they will not say, oh, but this 2% is in China, it doesn't count. No, actually, it does really count. <laughs> really counts. Yeah, because that's a lot of users, that's a lot of developers exactly. contributing back to the project. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, speaking about camps, yep. Drupal Camp Costa Rica. Oh, yeah. A legendary <laughs> Drupal Camp Costa Rica from the friends that I know who have been there. So yeah. that's coming up. Yeah, this is it's almost, yeah, it's, it's really close. It's about two months. So we are starting August 31st uh, with trainings. We usually do that. And in September 1 and 2, we will start with session or keynote. Is it the capital city? Is it San Jose? It's, it's, San, it's in San Jose. Okay. So it's a good excuse to do some tourists and, yeah, maybe do some Drupal yeah. as well. And it's, uh, I know from at least the southern U.S., it's a fairly inexpensive flight to get down there. Yeah, it's, 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 it's convenient for us. So this year we have, for instance, our keynotes are uh, Nikki Stevens for West Coast. She mm -hmm. was in Canopy. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, our other keynote is Ryan Schwarma from Commerce Guys. And for both of them, it's a, I guess, it's a $550 uh, f between five hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not, so not it's bad. Not, it's not that bad. So. Yeah. It's a, it's a Cool community with really good food. I mean, <laughs> what more do you need? Uh, well, more than food is about volcanoes, you know, zip lines, rafting, obviously go to this sightsee. Yeah. So you have a lot of to do in a, in a short period of time and you can do the Drupal. And sometimes, this is what I say, when Drupal is a good opportunity to do tourists because when you, when you so see this website, they say the best way to know a country is being with a local. And in this case, the Drupal guys are your, uh, we are your local exactly. guys to do that. <laughs> so it's uh, August 31st through September 2nd. Exactly. And is registration open? Yeah. And what's the URL right. of the website? It's, it's easy, drupalcamp.cr. Drupalcamp.cr. Yeah, CR for Costa Rica, no, no for cats reveal. Uh, <laughs> perfect. All right, well, Enzo, thank you very much for your time. Okay, thank you, Michael. All righty. Uh, one thing I didn't mention about Enzo is that he is one of the maintainers of the Drupal console project, which is uh, pretty impressive in its own right. So now let's talk about our sponsor, uh, MyDropWizard.com. They provide long-term support for Drupal 6 and Drupal 7 websites. Uh, quick note that the long-term support for Drupal 7 and Drupal 8 are actually 20% cheaper than Drupal 6 long-term support. Uh, they also do white label maintenance, so if you are an agency or a shop and you've got a number of clients, uh, 
um, you can actually outsource um, the updating of modules uh, for your Drupal 6, 7, and 8 sites to my Drop Wizard and have it invisible to the client. Uh, for more information, you can go to mydropwizard.com slash Drupal dash 6 dash LTS. And for even more information, go check out episode 170 of the Drupal Easy Podcast, where we talk with David from mydropwizard.com. All right, our next interview is with Dan from Baltimore. He is one of the organizers of the Baltimore Drupal Users Group, uh, and they have a camp coming up, Baltimore Drupal Camp, which we're going to learn a bit about, as well as uh, some really interesting stuff on the uh, next year's Baltimore Drupal Camp. Dan was uh, one of the few people to know about the location prior, um, and uh, the local community was uh, involved quite a bit with uh, the announcement. So uh, here we go. So tell me, uh, Baltimore Drupal Camp is coming up pretty soon. That's right. It's October 7th um, on a Friday, all day, and uh, we're, we might have some training around that on a different day. And uh, it's going to be at the Frederick Douglass Museum in Fells Point. So is that close to downtown, or where is that in relation to, to the city? Well, it's right on the water, east of the uh, Inner Harbor area. Okay. And what's great about it is we've got waterfront views, beautiful location in the midst of uh, a waterfront entertainment community. Is that like part of the Inner Harbor? or No, okay. it's, it's distinct. Okay. So um, it's a great neighborhood, historical, lots of restaurants, lots of cultural quirks. Okay. Do you guys normally do your camp on a Friday? Uh, yes, it's been on a Friday for the past uh, few years. Um, normally, we do it at University of Baltimore, which is a great venue, very computer-friendly. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to get down to Fells Point for a little more fun. All right, cool. A little more flavor. So, um, <laughs> free camp or paid camp, or how do you It's a paid camp. camp. Okay. Uh, paid ticket, twenty dollars oh. to attend. Not bad. Covers just about covers your lunch and coffee. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, we'll be uh, looking for sponsors soon. And uh, our, we're in the midst of developing the website, so we'll be launching that in about two, three weeks. Do you guys tend to draw? I mean, you're right in the middle of you know Philly and DC and a few hours drive from New York and some other metropolitan areas. Do you guys tend to draw a lot from those areas? Well, you know, it's only a 50 minute drive uh, to here, here in uh, DC. So we get a lot of Washington people, okay. um, but we do get people from everywhere. We had people from San Francisco last year all over the country oh, okay. but yeah mid-atlantic that's our big draw um you know we're only uh maybe uh, four hours from new york city two and a half from philly crab cakes for everybody oh uh, i you know uh, you know the menu has not been planned yet <laughs> so if we can get that on the menu or we'll just cover the uh the camp in newspaper oh, perfect. and dump out the crabs right in the middle of that's uh, that's very perfect um so the other big news, which was announced uh, a couple months ago in New Orleans, is that next year's DrupalCon is, is coming to your fine city. Yeah, that's, that's very exciting. It's great for Baltimore, and uh, it's great for the East Coast. You know, the East Coast has been, we've been, uh, it's been since uh, uh, Drupal Camp DC back in 2009, I Yeah, believe. it's been a while. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're really looking forward to it and kind of hoping that since it's in the Mid-Atlantic region, so easy for all the East Coast people to get to, 
We'll break some records, you know, attendance records. You know, those of you listening might recognize Dan's voice. You had a little bit of a part in the announcement in New Orleans. You want to tell us about that? Yes. So um, we, we, we had a little exercise in theater of, of the absurd. Um, we uh, had a lot of fun with the reveal. Um, you know, people outside of Baltimore, they probably know us for things like the Bal our sports teams, Baltimore Ravens, the Baltimore Orioles. Um, our, our, some of our famous Baltimoreans like H.L. Mencken, uh, Billy Holiday, and of course Edgar Allan Poe. So we kind of did things around Edgar Allan Poe, gave it a like a goth, uh, 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 you know, uh, remix of uh, of uh, the poem "The Raven," mashing it up with a lot of Drupal cultural things and. Uh, it was great, you know. We had uh, uh, Brian Gallagher, one of our uh, meetup regulars and camp organizers, was the Raven. He had a little puppet, Raven <laughs> puppet, following behind me, and we even got a couple of people in dresses and wigs to do the whole Baltimore Hun thing, mix it up. Then the logo itself, we were talking about this yesterday. The logo is is actually a Raven with a very subtle outline of the of the Drupalcon. Yeah, they yeah. did a great job with that. Right. So um, tell me a little bit about the community. So um, and this is something I've always been curious about. How, how far ahead of the announcement did you guys know that DrupalCon was coming to Baltimore? As far as like the local organizers? You know, it's, it's so funny. I think everybody almost missed the email from the Drupal Association. <laughs> it might have sat in our inboxes for a couple of weeks until we opened it up and then figured out what it was going on. I think it was about a three month um, mm -hmm. lead way into it and so um, you know they they kind of looked for us uh, to kind of tell them more about Baltimore get immerse themselves and in, to things that were unique about so they Baltimore. had already made the decision when you guys were right they already the contract was signed yeah I think they had already uh, they had already signed the contract with the convention center okay. yeah and it sounds like when we were talking yesterday again with the logo that you guys were actually involved a bit in not you know in, in the logo and kind of the theme of right it was a fun process so we got to kind of kind of dump all our ideas about Baltimore um, you know out there and then the designers kind of took from that inspiration for some different designs and then we got you know got to give our input on what we thought about the different designs and all the way up to the website is it a large active community in Baltimore? Do you have multiple meetups or one big meetup? Or? We have one meetup. It's the second Wednesday of the month. It's at Bertha's Restaurant in Fells Point. Another reason okay. why I want to be down in Fells Point. Right. And Does Bertha I, make crab cakes? Yes, they make. Okay. They're, they're, they're <laughs> the, the best crab cake in Baltimore, I would think. Oh, they're okay. famous for their mussels. And you'll oh, see right. their bumper stickers all around the world, Eat Bertha's Mussels. Uh, okay. And the place is in... It has a lot of a very special humor about it, kind of a quirkiness. Right. Sounds and like a potential DrupalCon party. But very true to itself, yeah. Right. yeah. Very good. And how do you, is, is the community, is it a, a younger community? Or are there a lot of established Drupal shops in Baltimore? Or how would you describe the, the, the membership? Well, you know, it's a, it's a smaller community, but it's very diverse age-wise, race-wise, mm -hmm. uh, gender-wise which is great. Um, we have like a core group that you know, you'll see at the, all the cons and the camps in the area. 
and you you know you know it's the Baltimore peeps mm-hmm. yeah know, exactly hang around all right very good so remind us one more time Baltimore Drupal camp coming up October 7th at the Frederick Douglass Museum in Fells Point and the website's not live yet it's up okay. you can get on our mailing list so we can oh, remind perfect. you about it on the URL and that is be more Drupal org. So letter B, M-O-R-E, Drupal.org. Correct. All right, fantastic. All right, well, thank you very much, Dan. <laughs> great, great talking to you. So for those of you who were actually at the DrupalCon New Orleans announcement of Baltimore DrupalCon, uh, you may have recognized Dan's voice. Um, and actually, I, pro- I think I said it during the interview, but he's the guy who actually played the role of Edgar Allan Poe. So, our second sponsor is webenable.com and devpanel.com. If you are a developer and looking for a hands-on Drupal development, um, shared development environment where you can log in with SSH and do your get pulls and get pushes and um, kind of get down dirty with the command line, then you should definitely be checking out webenabled.com. All right, so our third interview is with Greg Marshall. He is the author of a brand new book called, I just lost the title, there we go, Mastering Drupal 8 Views. I did, recently did a book review on DrupalEasy.com, the link is in the uh, podcast notes, so you can check that out. And uh, the book's actually li- written a bit differently than other Drupal books that have come before it, so it's a really interesting um uh, conversation about why he decided to go that route, the the pros and the cons, and, and lots of good stuff like that. So let's hear what Greg has to say. All right, so uh, welcome, Greg. So you're the author of uh, Mastering Drupal Eight Views, published by Pact Publications. Published when? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the end of May it came out. So this is released. a yes, so a post-release new. book. All right, so you, um, I, I recently posted a review of the book on the Drupal Easy website. People can go and check that out. Um, but one of the, there's something very unique about this book, so why don't you tell us about that? Well, it's not written like your typical technical book. So it, I know you didn't like the fact that it's not a good reference manual. Uh, I would counter it's really was sort of designed to be read from cover to cover, ideally. Um, so it, it uses a story. The, um, primary character is a site build a site content author that's becoming a site builder um, named which is Leo. not which is not an uncommon thing at all actually it's patterned after a co-worker at the okay. state of New York I so, may have cut you off the character's um, name is a Lynn and uh, I think I introduced you to Lynn she's actually here at this conference oh but, I did, uh, did not realize that um, was Lynn oh that's right yes okay so anyways um, and she has a mentor in the uh, site or the company that had built her Drupal 6 site and then she talks to her cat because I needed something for dialogue and I didn't want to have Jim there all the time. So. There's also something else about Lynn that we probably need to talk about. I didn't mention the review but she might have, she might want to see someone about her caffeine addiction. because They meet at Starbucks. Constantly. I have to admit that Jim has patterned <laughs> someone after me and my relationship <laughs> to, to the real person okay. and that person and I tended to spend one day a week, one evening a week at Starbucks. I was actually content theory and and Drupal together. So I was actually surprised that you actually mentioned Starbucks. I'm hoping that you got a little bit of uh, free coffee. Out of no, <laughs> no, not in the least. In fact, uh, about the only the, probably I mentioned it because uh, 
I wrote most of the books sitting in a Starbucks in, in Albany. I live right. in Denver, but I work in Albany, and right. so um, it's a, good a place to work when you don't want to sit in a hotel and work, because I find that very distracting. It's too easy to turn on the TV and watch exactly. TV instead. So, so the book is structured almost as a, I don't say a novel, but would you say a novel? It's more like a novel. Um, most of the books I've read that are structured that way, and I've read three or four over, over a long period of time, can trace their origins back to the person having read a book called The Goal, which is the theory of constraints okay. written as a novel. The theory of constraints is a manufacturing concept where if you look at a production line, the speed of the production line is limited by its slowest step. And you can optimize anything you want, but until you figure out how to improve that slowest step, the entire line can't go any faster. Right. Um, and so inventory buildups and all those things that happen. The book actually sort of introduces the theory of constraints and when the um, chief character is hiking with the Boy Scouts with his son and comes to realize that the troop can't walk any faster than the slowest boy. Exactly. So that's yeah. how, how they introduce the theory of constraints and literally in a book that I read cover to cover while on airplanes on a, on a trip where I'd flown out to speak at a, at a conference and flew back and I had probably eight hours on airplanes doing that. So, so with your book being structured that way, it, it's still written. You know, each chapter is still on a kind of like a views-ish topic, though. So, yeah, the way you do it is you 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 kind of follow Lynn through this journey of learning views. And the one thing I, I give you a lot of credit for is you you only introduced a topic when the character needed it. So, you know, she wanted to build something for her website and it was a, is it real estate? It's, it's a real estate, real estate site. Website, yes. um, we had two samples that the sort of like three or four of us were bouncing around when I got asked to put together the proposal for it. And um, real estate seemed like the easiest, the easier of the two. I can't even remember what the other topic mm -hmm. was now. So, so you'd introduce that, you know, Lynn was trying to do something on her site, add something, and she'd get so far, and then she'd get stuck, but then she'd call her, uh, I guess, her developer. Mm -hmm. um, was it Jim? What was Jim. His? Jim. And she'd say, hey, Jim, I'd like to do this. And, you know, sometimes Jim would send her an email that you would write and basically say, okay, well, I'll get you started. Go here and try this and do this and see if you can figure it out. And then you know, we would be reading as Lynn kind of untangles it and figures it out and... Well, and I think that's one of the things telling it, introducing the topic this way really helps is that uh, Lynn goes down blind alleys yeah. and has to back out and start over and... Which none of us ever have to go through, so that's a little unrealistic. Oh yeah, all experienced Drupal developers know immediately exactly <laughs> what parameters and, and options to select. Exactly. And yeah. in reality, we could just write it as YAML files now for Drupal sure. 8 and, and it would run the first time flawlessly. Uh, but the reality is that for most people, as you're building a view, you'll go, well, I need to do this. I don't see what I'm wanting. Okay, I sort of know that I need this like a, a relationship, okay, now I can see my field, but why isn't it displaying? So seeing that that's normal and it's okay. occasionally that you're going to 
really reach the point, one of the nice things about views is until you hit save, you really haven't committed anything, so you right. can hit cancel and exactly. start over and and when you get to a certain point, you do want to hit save so that you can then have some experimentation, but it gives you that, that reinforcement that it's okay to try things and, mm -hmm. and figure things out because even at, you know even with a book like this, which is you know 200 and some odd pages, I doubt I covered nearly everything. Um, in fact, I got asked something yesterday and I was like, well, I sort of remember that there's an issue for that because there is a problem with, well, but, with views. But, but that being said, you know, I noticed you covered a few things in depth that I haven't seen anywhere else, even like on Drupal.org documentation pages, which maybe isn't the highest bar. But yeah, I was going to say, sadly, I think one of the problems with views is that it really lacks a coherent documentation right. um, anywhere. So there's like little fragments in two or three books, mm -hmm. um, but there's no... If I ever had to do this again, or if I ever did this again, uh, the one thing I would do differently is I would co-write it with the maintain one of the maintainers, because yeah. then you'd have someone you could ask the questions to. Right, exactly. A lot of it, um, probably stupidly, I should have just filed an issue and asked the question on the issue queue. Uh, I dug through code and tried to figure out the answer. And in some cases, I mean, I remember one. Um, there is a display type of search results. So you can do content, which you love, and display modes. And I like fields because I like the idea of keeping all my view together. Um, and there's this search results. And when you use that, you get nothing. You switch it to content with the display mode, you get the result. You switch it to, and so I filed an issue and said, I don't think this is working. <laughs> and the response was a patch from one of the maintainers um, that, with a note that says, doesn't look like it works in Drupal 7 either, removing it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so you killed a feature. <laughs> I, killed, I killed a feature that nobody knows how to make work because yeah. no one really understood what it was for. Although, you know, you're being, I think you're being a little bit hard on yourself because you cover a lot more about views in this book than I've seen other places. And, you know, I, I would say that, you know, if you're trying to cover 100% of views, you know, there's maybe only, you know, a, a single digit percentage of people in the world who need to know 100% of views. Um, I mean, you covered, uh, you know, in particular, I want to talk about two areas that you covered that I haven't seen covered anywhere else in nearly the depth that you did. Um, and the first one, which I was, when I turned the page and saw the chapter title, I was like so happy it was on field rewrites, which a lot of times, you know, is just maybe a paragraph or a sentence, it's but probably one of the most powerful features in, in yeah. So in views that we use, you know, within WebNY, uh, probably every site we use uh, field rewrites. Right. And it was, you know, it's the way of getting the content formatted in the way you want without a lot of effort and templating or the theme layer or, or something else. Um, and, you know, in Drupal 8, you know, the book is generally usable even for Drupal 7. Sure, so absolutely. Um, that's something we didn't think to put on the cover yeah. <laughs> until after we actually committed the cover and then it was like, oh, <laughs> we should have done that. Yeah. But um, it was, 
you know, about 95% of what's in the book covers Drupal 7 just as well as Drupal 8. Yeah, One of the things that's unique for Drupal 8 is the way that the field rewrites work. If you look at the syntax of replacement values, uh, it went from the square bracket token approach to, to, to how you do substitute for replacement values to the double curly bracket twig approach. Um, and here's a little trick that I discovered literally as we were doing the pre-flights. That field rewrite um, area field that you, you can enter rewrites into literally is a twig interpreter. So you can put twig and all of its syntax in there. So, oh, so you can do if statements you can, and loops. You can do, and so I, I go through great trouble of showing how to do an if then else without using if statements in twig because I didn't realize it when I wrote it and by the true. time I realized it I didn't want to rewrite the chapter and delay the book. Um, we did manage to get a little note in that says, by the way, this is there. But um, the So one of the things I did to, as a proof of concept is I put up um, star A, star B, star C, star D. So basically the entire letter alphabet in three lines of twig stuck in a rewrite field. Very nice. And yeah. so everything you have there, for loops, if then else's, um, all the filters, all the, um, the, the pluggability. Uh, the only thing you can't do is you can't access any value that isn't already defined. So the replacement values that view shows you literally are the limits. So when you right. do a, a kent dump, there's That's nothing really else hiding in there, okay. which I was sort of hoping that maybe the node would be hiding in there. <laughs> and then did. you would have all sorts of stuff you could do yeah. without even having to define the field. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. The, uh, the other chapter in there that I hadn't seen covered in nearly as much depth um, was on the whole advanced, in the whole advanced section. Now granted, other books have gone through contextual filters and relationships, but that's normally where that, it ends for that third column of advanced stuff. Uh, I believe you literally go item by item through there. In slightly different order, because right. it seemed to fit, but yeah, including, and this is one of those cases where you write a paragraph and you go, is that really how it works? And you, you'd spend four or five hours in the code trying to yeah. make sure that it actually- Are you talking about aggregation? Um, oh. No, ag actually aggregation, as you point out in your, your thing, is probably one of the areas I could have spent a lot more time. I think there could have been a chapter on aggregation. I'm still looking is, for someone to explain it to me. It is so, <laughs> it's so powerful. It is. And so complex. It's basically using, um, it's exposing SQL in a way that isn't SQL. Right. Um, and that was one of the actual disagreements when PAC first came to me. They sent me sort of, here's some of the topics we think you should cover. And the last one was SQL queries. And I went, you know, this, the rest of this book is a user interface site builder class book. That's a programming book. You should really put that in a book on programming views. And that there desperately is a need for because Having written a couple of plugins for views, I still don't think I have any clue. And I said I'm not qualified to write that book. Right. Um, but there is definitely a need for a comprehensive book on how you extend views. So you have views slideshow, views accordion, which we cover in a chapter. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that those were all created by extending views using APIs that you right. can you can function, but 
And, and maybe because Drupal 8 does a better job of explaining and using plugins. Absolutely. Views might do better, although I'm not 100% convinced that the port of views was <laughs> I absolutely think, to the same coding standards. I think we're starting to nitpick, though. Oh. We're, we're down in the weeds. So oh, yeah, we're way down. We, <laughs> we just, and I do that. I, I have this bad habit of going off on tangents. Right. So let's pull ourselves out of the we, re, weeds and wrap this up. Okay. Um, so when you sat down to write this book, who were you writing it for as far as what audience, what group of Drupal I really people? wanted to aim it at site builders because okay. I think Views is, is largely for the site builder. Um, the developers I know that are truly hardcore developers will tell you that it's really stupid to use Views because it generates such bad SQL and mm. that you should you know, muscle up and, and write a module and put your SQL, <laughs> optimize your SQL yourself. Right. Um, Frankly, I'm of the opinion that I want to minimize the amount of development time I spend putting a site together and caching can take care of it, especially exactly. in Drupal Exactly. Caching has gotten so amazing right. that, you, frankly, I'm not certain we care how slow something is. Is this a book that you would give to a client after you launch their site and that client is interested in extending their site? I, I think if I had a client like Lynn, the real Lynn. Yeah. Um, it's her middle name, by the way. Okay. Um, the um, who expressed, you know, I mean, the way it worked is the first site I built. I built about a dozen sites for this particular client um, within the state of New York. Mm. Um, the first one, she was given a, a special role as content manager that basically gave her access to full HTML and not much more beyond what the content editors were getting. Um, as she got a little better, we gave her more and more rights. At some point, I remember sending her an email saying, I think the easiest way to solve this is I'm going to turn on admin access for you. And remember that um, with great power comes great responsibility, and its corollary is if you break it, you bought it. Exactly. So she's been very, very careful. But she progressed. So the first site we built for her, we had to go back and ask lots of questions about what she really wanted. Um, she adapted very quickly. So the second site we built for the specifications we got sent were much clearer and much more aligned. By the third site we built for her, it was basically content type definitions almost. Oh, great. Not quite. Yeah. Um, by the last three sites, she did her own content type. She did her own views. Um, you know, she'd back herself into a corner when she was trying to do relational con contextual filters. And As most of us to, do the first few and times. I would have to, you know, she would say, I can't make this work, what's wrong? And I would look at it and go, you missed this step. Mm. And that would be the last time I would have to explain that to her. Right. Um, if I had a client that was going through that kind of progression of getting better and better at it, I'd have no problem at all giving them the book. If I had a client who stayed at the content editor approach and didn't want to go any further, I'm not certain even that book would help. Although right. I think it's, I personally think it's a readable book. Um, uh, it's extremely readable. There's no doubt about that. So most importantly, where can people get the book? They can get it on either um, Amazon or they can go through PACT publications. So it's P-A-C-K-T-P-U-B dot com. Yep. Um, and uh, actually, I would recommend you go to Drupal.org and go to the book section and follow the link because if you follow either the link to PACT or to Amazon, the Drupal Association gets 
a commission and nothing wrong with that we should be you know as I tell all my coworkers at WebNY if you're making a living um, doing Drupal and you're not a Drupal Association member a shame on you you're making a lot of money as a developer yeah. and we have negative unemployment in Drupal so <laughs> exactly. you truly are making a lot of money as right. a developer if you can't afford the $30 to be a Drupal Association member and show support for Shame. an organization that keeps it Shame. up, you should hold your head low. Right. Because. And the book's available as a physical book, as an ebook. Physical all. book, as an ebook, yeah. and all the three major formats EPUB, PDF, and, and Mobi. And as a bonus, if they see you walking around at a Drupal event in a flowered shirt, you're probably going to have a discount card in your pocket. I, when when I'm I'm doing some um, present sessions at various camps, mm. so when I've got a camp or two set up, then Pax gives me a, a discount code that I mm. can can give. So I had one for DrupalCon. I had one, actually, I had two presentations this month, so they just made one for the whole month. Um, I'm doing one in August, so I suspect they'll end up doing another one for. Yeah, I was going to ask you where where are you going to be next? Um, well, let's see. I'm actually doing a session at the uh, Albany Drupal Users Group. Okay. Um, sort of my farewell to, because I'm <laughs> transitioning positions. Okay. Leaving WebNY and going to Accenture. Um, and then right after that, I'm doing, that same week, I'm doing one at Drupal Camp Wisconsin. Okay. And then in August, I'm doing, I'm assuming I'm doing Drupal Camp Colorado. Based it's your hometown, on yeah. It's my hometown. And okay. If I'm lucky and I get selected, although there were a huge number of submissions this year, yeah. I've submitted to do the presentation at uh, DrupalCon Dublin. All right, fantastic. Well, Greg, good luck with the book. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, and this is Mike back, sort of live, post-GovCon. Um, so there you go. There are our three interviews. As always, you can follow DrupalEasy on Twitter, at DrupalEasy. And uh, as well as check out everything we have to offer at DrupalEasy.com. Our missing co-hosts are Andrew M. Riley and Ryan Price and Ted Bowman, Anna Colada and Kelly Curry. Uh, our three guests can be found on Twitter at Enzo Solutions. So it's like Enzo Solutions, but they're kind of combined. So E-N-Z-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S. And Greg Marshall, that is Greg with two Gs. And Skyvos, uh, S-C-H-I-A-V-O, and that is uh, Dan, of course. Our intro music, which I'm pretty sure, I think I'm just going to run the whole clip uh, at the conclusion of this podcast, in case you're interested in hearing the whole thing. It's called There is a Con in New Orleans, um, sung by Campbell Vertesi, Jeff McGuire, and I think there's another voice in there, but for the life of me, I, I don't know who it was. So if someone wants to correct me, I'm more than happy to... Uh, update the credit in the show notes as always you can subscribe to the drupal easy podcast on itunes google play and any one of another uh, you know dozen or so podcast catchers out there if you'd like to leave us a voicemail you can call us at uh, area code 321-396-2340 in the u.s of course so that's plus one our next podcast is actually going to be with sean diarmond uh, we're going to be talking about uh, higher education, and that one's actually already been recorded. I believe Ryan recorded that one with Sean a couple of days ago, so that one should be released here in the next week or so. Um, and following that, uh, the next podcast up is going to be with Mark Drummond, and we're going to be talking about the front end. Um, 
and Mark's got a lot of really good ideas, and he's, he's a fun guy to be around, so I'm sure that'll be a very entertaining podcast. So, uh, with that said, again, my name is Mike Anello, and we will see you on the next Drupal Easy Podcast. See ya! There is a con in New Orleans They call the Drupal Con And it's been the blessing of many a good dev And Dries, I know I'm one Decoded to new themes. My social is a sysadmin way down in New Orleans. Now the old a coder needs is a laptop and caffeine and the only time he's satisfied is when the tests are green his patches with D-Max or BIM or the storm of PHP and the only pleasure he gets out of life is getting to RTBC together. There is a con in New Orleans. They call the Drupal Con. It's been a blessing of many a good death and be all dreams high.